0: Welcome to the Autobahn Country Club Podcast, where your host, club member John Graybeal, opens the doors to America's premier auto sports club. Now, here's John.
1: Well, welcome to the podcast, everyone. We just have a few more left for racing season 2018. This week on the podcast, we have Lee Martino. Lee has been a member for about eight years. She started racing the uh, Miata and has moved on into a Radical right now. Her and her father race together out at the club, which I think is pretty cool. And she just got a cart. Well, I'm getting kind of ahead of myself. That's part of the podcast. We'll learn all about her and about a really cool program that I read about uh, um, that she's uh, started, which is a subscription service for cars which I find uh, is very interesting. Anyway, we're going to touch on uh, her background and shift and racing and a whole bunch of stuff. The last podcast we had was the interview with Michael Benet. That podcast I... Messed up the compiling of it, I guess. I'm not sure exactly what happened. Anyway, if you downloaded that and it only played for 10 minutes, you have to delete it off of your device and then re-download it, and it's all fixed now. But there was a little technical glitch. I wish I knew what that technical glitch was, but uh, we have the new podcast up there, and it it works all just fine now. So Kyle Nato is going to join us after the interview to talk a little bit about the activities left for the year at the club. I appreciate everybody for li- for listening. Please uh, let your friends know. Subscribe, and if you have any words for me, please reach out to me at podcast at dot com. Thanks.
2: Hey John, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for asking.
1: How's the weather there? In uh, you're Naperville, Naperville, right?
2: Yeah, actually, it's beautiful out right now. It's just kind of like that, like brisk air a little bit. It's finally starting to feel like fall, so. I
1: can't, I'm playing. <laughs> well, that's my, uh, we got gypped out of spring, so fall's my favorite time of year, so.
2: <laughs> Where are you
1: located at? Well, normally, I, uh, I, do, I live down in Bloomington.
2: Okay, okay, gotcha.
1: Um, but today I'm in Los Angeles, so.
2: Alright, that's probably way nicer than here right now.
1: Um. Looked out the window, <laughs> it's cloudy or foggy or smoky or... Something I'm not. Yeah. Quite, I'm not quite sure what it is. Where exactly is the dealership? And since I'm not from Naperville, uh-huh. uh, where where is the dealership? Is that downtown or
2: no? Um, actually, our BMW dealership is located in um, Naperville, uh, as well as our mini dealership. Those are both at the same rooftop, and then uh, just right next door in Naperville, uh, we've got the Volkswagen dealership, and then. Pinsdale is a Land Rover dealership, soon to be Jaguar as well. Um, and then we have a little, uh, like um, a used electric division now, which is also located here in Naperville. So there's a few rooftops, but um, I'm running shift out of um, Naperville, out of the BMW store.
1: Okay, are you from? Are you from Naperville?
2: Um, I actually, I live in the city, um, so it's, it's quite the commute.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you live in the city, did you grow up in the city or did you grow up out in Naperville?
2: No, I actually grew up in the suburbs, a suburb called West Chicago. So that's where my family's from. Um, and I, I grew up there until college and then, um, kind of went to the city and never came back.
1: so that's quite a great do you drive from the city you take the train or how do you get back how do you get down to work
2: i drive um i drive from the city here lately it's taken probably about an hour and a half to get here every day so it's been kind of crazy um so honestly I, i listen to podcasts
1: that's what I was really, gonna say. I,
2: when I, I'm not on a when I'm not on a call, uh, I'm I'm listening to podcasts. <laughs> That's a, the time fly by a little bit, you know.
1: I know, I know. I drive from Bloomington to uh, Midway once a week, and then drive Ooh. home, and I spend a lot of time with with podcasts. Yes, and and yeah, uh, and audio a- Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know.
2: I've got like a, I just last fall purchase um, a um, e46 m3, <laughs> so it, it, it I haven't really gotten to drive it because I don't want to sit in traffic by the time I uh drive from the city to the
1: okay. So, an e, what, what's in I don't know what that is. What's an e46 m3? So, it's an m3, mm-hmm, right? Yeah, it's a
2: 2000, uh, 2002 m3, so it's it's nothing new, but it's pretty much the last uh, naturally aspirated um six-cylinder bmw m3 before they moved to um the turbo so yeah it's a lot of fun to drive but not when you're sitting in traffic (laughs)
1: um so uh let's talk about stuff what did you do when you were growing up what would your what was your favorite activity or what did you spend a lot of time doing
2: Ah, well when i was you know way younger I spent a lot of time actually playing tennis um was really into that I never really got into uh racing really until I was I think I was like 18 when I got into racing um but I mean that's that's pretty much do you still play you
1: still play tennis now
2: I do play tennis, yeah. So I mean, as far as like sports, really, my thing is tennis and uh, snowboarding. Actually, believe it or not, I've been doing that since
1: I was like ten years old. So um, well,
2: I know well, Illinois is
1: not the place for. No, I disagree. I mean, my my son and I <laughs> are my son and I are a- a- avid snowboarders, and you know we oh, go nice. out, we go up to Colorado. We go all the way up to mountain to the terrain park, which is about the same okay. size of the entire chestnut mountain in wisconsin (laughs) so you know we get up there we go well we could just be in wisconsin so we go to wisconsin a lot and just you know go Mm -hmm. run through the terrain parks and it's not that much i don't know i i find i'm I'm okay with going to wisconsin i'm okay
2: (laughs) you know what i've never actually been there the only place that i've been around here in illinois is this little teeny tiny uh what used to be a garbage hill that they made into uh like a ski hill called Villa Olivia and ever since then I will will never go anywhere around here. Uh, My family usually goes to Colorado as well too.
1: Where do you you go in Colorado? Once you go
2: there you're kind of spoiled.
1: What's that? Where do you go in Colorado?
2: Uh, We go to Vail, Colorado. Vail? Vail or Lion's Head.
1: Nice. Nice. Yeah. I, I, You know we do uh, we we used to go to Telluride every year. This year we're switching up to um um Utah, it's a little. it's oh, nice. You know, tell you it's twelve thousand feet. Utah is like six thousand. So, um, yeah. Uh, my wife's n- not the best with high altitude, so we're going to try that. And see, see if it is. But I tell you what, we go to Chestnut Mountain there, uh, just north of Madison. They just redid the place, and um, oh. I don't know. I like it. It's it. You know, it's a four hour drive for us, so we can go up, and we'll leave early in the morning. We'll and we'll snowboard all day long, or ski. And then uh, come back that night, so we, we do a lot of driving. <laughs> huh.
2: I'll have to try that, at least for someplace close to go in the winter, especially with the cold weather coming up. There's really not much to do in Chicago in the winter.
1: <laughs> I know, but it's so nice in the spring, and some. well, not the hot part of the summer, but the spring and fall, I so know. it's so nice. So um, right. so, you, so, you grew up playing uh, uh, tennis, and so mm-hmm. tell me about, uh, where, where'd you go to uh, school, or
2: So I actually, I went to school at Benedictine, it's over here kind of uh, by Naperville in a town called Lyle. I went there for two years for psychology, um, and then just kind of completely switched majors in the middle of that, and uh, switched schools, and I ended up going to Columbia in Chicago, and uh, I finished up there in two years for um, marketing, so yeah, kind of a big change from psychology to marketing, but, you know, I, I figured I didn't really want to go to school for an additional four more years and then work as a psychiatrist or psychologist for the rest of my life.
1: <laughs> I got it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so, okay. So now we're, uh, let's, let's talk about the racing. Did you, um, you said you started, did you come out to the Audubon at eight how, how did you get in the car driving or racing? or? or
2: yeah, so <laughs> my family, you know, we've all just kind of grown up around the car business or in the car business. My dad, his, uh, when he was younger, he raced a lot, too, as well. So um, he, he's all into cars and, you know, had a couple of uh, Porsches and We actually went to the Autobahn for a Porsche event where you just got to go for one day and you got to do, like, autocross, and um, you just got to do, like, a lead follow on the track. Uh Now we weren't members um, at that point, but it was actually funny because I I went there with him just as, you know, something to do on the weekend, and um, I actually didn't even want to drive at first. I was terrified. I was actually terrified of... uh, he he wanted me to do the autocross and I I just kept saying, No, no, I don't wanna do it. I'm like I'm terrified, I don't wanna do it, I don't wanna do it and eventually, you know, he just asked me so many times, I'm like, you know, what? fine, I'll do it. <laughs> so I um uh, and it was um uh nine eleven uh that we were in and um a for us. So I went and I did the autocross and at the end of the day, when they handed out all the awards and everything, I ended up getting, I think it was the second fastest time at autocross. Yeah, hey, so,
1: way to go. Um,
2: <laughs> from there, I kind of just got the itch to keep going. And, you know, we eventually, I think it was just, just the next year, because um, that was, I think, in the fall that we did that, just the next year we joined. And I started um, racing in the Miata series okay so so
1: so let us uh, let's go, so you go out there just for one day, um mm-hmm. and you, you kind of said, okay, maybe this is kind of for me. you have brothers and sisters
2: I do, I have one sister,
1: and is she older younger or
2: she's older than me, yeah, she's what is about five years older than me
1: is she in the cars or in racing, or is she around the area or she
2: she's not um she's actually. We're kind of, um we're kind of opposites almost. Like she doesn't have much interest in racing or cars or anything like that. It's pretty much just something that my dad and I do. Uh, my mom and my sister haven't really come to the track that often to watch or anything. <laughs> They're just not too into it. But my sister does live um here. She lives in Wheaton. Um she actually works right down the hallway from me here at the dealership too. So oh, kind of cool. got a whole family thing going on here.
1: Oh, very nice. And yeah. <laughs> so you come out, so it's, this is in the fall, and then you say, hey, mm-hmm. I think I might do this, and you decide on the f- step one. And did you do any karting or anything like that? You just jump right into the Miatas?
2: You know, you know what? I didn't do any karting. I just actually jumped right into um, the Miata theory. I know, I wish I would have started karting. It's funny that you say that because I actually just now am starting karting. So, <laughs> um, hopefully, I just um, got into one of those Ignite karts. Yeah, for yeah. For that Ignite series that they're having there at the Audubon. Yeah. So, um, you know, I I actually have only been in the kart once since I, I got it like a couple weeks ago. Oh, nice. But uh, next, next season, I hope to do um, all of the Ignite series karting too, so... I know that's kind of reverse of probably what most people do, but.
1: (laughs) I don't, you know, I see that, you know, we're huge carters, we're a huge Mm -hmm. carding family. Um, My wife will be in a series next year with you along with that. And, um, you know, my daughter's son, my son started it and then I jumped in and my wife jumped in and then my daughter jumped in. She's, my son's 14, my daughter's 11. So she did it. Couple races right. this year, so she's slowly getting into it. My wife has not done any races yet, so we will. Uh, okay. Um, but I know Kyle's been on her about the get, <laughs> getting in, getting in. So she said she would race if it was a uh, an appropriate weight, cause she didn't have to put hundreds and hundreds of pounds on the cart. So
2: yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know what? That's the problem is that you know we're so much. I know um, uh, Melissa started karting too. Um, so I think there's only three of us, um, and the problem with, like, the women, like, we're a little bit smaller, so we have to add, like, just pounds and pounds and pounds of weight on our hearts, um, but I hope that they figure it out next year, though, where we can race with, uh, everybody, but I know right now it's kind of a struggle, because I think the way that they have... The weight sorted out. There's no way we can possibly put enough weight on our art stories. Yeah,
1: the – so the – yeah, the, the – whatever we're going to call it, the senior division's 380 pounds. I think the, yeah. the lightweight division – is uh 320 pounds but the lightweight division is not called a women's division it's just called the lightweight division but only women can be yeah. in it only women can be in it so my wife is confused right. like
2: that. <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> so
2: right right It's like it's just it, you know you have to add like if we wanted to you know go up to the next class race with oh a huge my group gosh of people, yeah. another 60 have to pounds add so much weight it would probably be dangerous but i, I hope that there's you know, more people that end up joining in that lightweight division, though, so there's not just, you know, racing is kind of, takes the point out of it when there's, you know, three people, you get you have to get first, second, or third.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we uh, often talk about that, which came up the other day, there was two people in the division, in one of the kids' divisions, mm-hmm. and the guy said, well, this is a participation trophy, I said, well, no, 100 other people could have showed up, but only two decided to come out and get their cart ready and race so not necessarily right, right? it's the you uh, you still got to go out there and do it all um yeah but but, absolutely. but we, we 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 just love it and I, the podcast listeners know this i'm a huge of that on um, you know you you paddock together you get to be together so um mm-hmm. th- that's awesome that uh, uh that we got one more in the you know the, the adult division the last race the adult division had the most not the last one. The one before the most people in any division was the adult division. So there you go.
2: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I watched. Um. I think it was like two races ago. I went and I watched it. Um. The ignite races, and after watching it, I was like, that looks like a lot of fun. So that's why I got a cart to hopefully <laughs> do that next year too.
1: Yeah. It's it's. I, I really enjoy it, and um, it's just great for all of us to be together, uh, you know, when we're doing mm-hmm. it, so it works, it works well for us. Um, right. So you get a, uh, so what What year is this when you guys finally joined up? Is this uh, many years ago, or how long ago was it when you, um... yeah, so
2: it was, oh gosh, it was, let's see, wow, it was like eight years ago, I think.
1: Okay. So you jump in a Miata, um, mm-hmm. and did you enjoy, how did you, uh, what'd you think of the Miata compared to, you know, getting from the nine 11, getting into, getting into the Miata? How, how did you feel about it? What were your thoughts initially?
2: It's definitely, uh, a, a completely different beast. It was, um, you know, going from a car that's got the horsepower to going to a car that is pretty much a momentum car, um,
1: Granted, I, you know,
2: the Miata was really the first, like, actual race car I'd been in. Like, I didn't really know, you know, the difference versus, like, a momentum car and a horsepower car, but you definitely have to adjust to driving those cars. Um, It's pretty much about not using the brakes as much as possible, Um, and it it was a lot of fun. I mean, the the funnest thing about the Miata series is that that pack is so big, you know, when there's... A ton of people racing. It's it's a lot of fun. I mean, there there was always over like twenty people racing. It, it was a huge series, at least you know back like eight years ago.
1: So so you start. Did you did you do a lot of did did you get any coaching or did you just get out there and start running laps? Uh, how, how did you? Yeah. Get-
2: so I, I kind of I, you know I, it was a mix of both. I went out there and just you know started driving some laps, but then also. Um, we joined Team Stradale at the track, so um, Francesco Davola got in the car with me. and uh, I did a lot of instruction with him. Um, I went out with Tom Bagley a couple of times too. So um, it was like maybe like a couple of years that I had instruction, and then after that, it was just pretty much just going out by myself and trying to tweak things here and there, and looking at data. You know, just trying to beat my own
1: time. Did you get? How soon did you get a race license?
2: Uh, it was. It was pretty much right away. Oh, um, okay. I did that. Oh, what was it? I, that class that the Audubon yeah. uh, has everybody do.
1: Yeah. Think, yeah. What is it? Uh, a race the, license class, I guess. Or. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. So I did that class, and I, I got it right away just because I wanted to start racing. Um, I did my first race. <laughs> almost immediately after I hopped into
1: the Miata. Oh, really? I didn't
2: finish the first race, but um, <laughs> I did it. I got into an accident. I think it was, like, only a few laps in,
1: so. And, and did you, how, how quickly did you, when you talk about, you know, you started kind of tweaking the car some, but how long did it take before you started, you could communicate to yourself or the mechanic on what you needed to do or, um, you know, to, to make the car faster. Was that, did that come easy for you or is that something that was,
2: uh, um, no, not, not really because I've always, I, you know, I've always loved cars. I've always been like a, a car person, but it, it's totally different when you start talking about the mechanics of a car, you know, it's, it's hard to feel something in the car and know how to, you know, relay what you're feeling. to like the mechanic. I guess is what you could say. Mm -hmm. You know, whereas, like, I didn't really know the difference between, like, you know, when the car pushes, when the car pulls, and, like, kind of exactly what I'm feeling, but, you know, it's still, I I feel like I'm still kind of, like, learning a little bit more about, like, myself and the car, like, even now, but it, it took years before I even, you know, could, understood the exact mechanics of a car to get it set up, but, you know, it moving into the the radical, I think, is what kind of kind of helps push everything along, helps me understand a little bit more.
1: Really? Huh. Seems like it would be going so fast that uh, I would need it to slow down. If that was me. <laughs> but um, so, how many years did you before you jumped into a radical? How long? How long were you uh, running the uh, Miatas? Well, I think
2: I got into the radical. It was. Just a few years ago, maybe like three or four years ago, um, between the Miata and the Radical, I got into the Cayman. So it was I, it was Naples and Portia. They actually started um, and it became an inner series division.
1: Um, oh, really? So
2: I raced in that. Yeah, I raced in that for a little bit, and um, that that series kind of fell apart towards the end. So. I ended up just racing in a lot of GT series at the track.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Um, in the Cayman was what is now the the GT3 class.
1: Yeah, um, that's I, you know I hope to I hope to. We're trying to find a Cayman right now for our autocross car for my wife. Okay. She's she's she wants to run every autocross next year too, and doesn't is intimidated now she runs our miata and we have a 944 she gets out on the track and our 911s and stuff like that but she is intimidated she doesn't want to shift an autocross she just so we're trying to find you know some a pdk one that came in that she can go out there and and just practice it and not worry about shifting so yeah
2: um, yeah the 911 when i first uh did it um the autocross the 911 was pdk and it does make it so much easier but from uh i guess like a, a manual standpoint I feel like you'd probably be in second most of the time,
1: though, right? Generally, I think that, yeah, it's particularly dependent <laughs> upon what car, like Miata or, you know, a Honda, one of those Honda S2000s, that, which has better gearing, I guess, and more horsepower. Yeah. I, I don't really Yeah.
2: Know. <laughs> PDK makes it a lot easier,
1: though. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, with the big jump, I, I mean, I have gotten a couple rides in, in, in the Cayman. It, to me, that's a pretty big jump from the Miata to the Cayman, particularly the, the braking, aspect of it. Did you find the same, the same that, you know, the Cayman's just break so much better and so you can carry so much more speed? Oh my
2: gosh. Yeah. It's and day between the Cayman and the, and the Miata, you know, I mean, it's a totally different, a totally different thing. You know, the Miata, you never want to, you never really want to slam yeah. on the brakes. It's all about the momentum. And then you get the Cayman and it's like, you've actually got the speed in the brakes. It's it's totally a different game. You know, you, it, it, it's actually really hard to go like in the same day. I found that when I still had the Miata and I had the Cayman at the same time, it was it's actually really hard to transition from one to the other in the same day.
1: Huh. Because
2: totally different cars.
1: Huh. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Do you find yourself either breaking early or breaking late? Is that kind of what happens? Or
2: yeah, you know, you can you can break so much later in the in the
1: Cayman than the the Miata. Hmm. And so. uh Had you always had your eyes? I know you're radical racing now. Had did you Uh did you always have your eyes set on the radicals where you wanted to go, or you're just kind of just letting see, kind of figuring things out, or is that the, you know, you knew at some point you wanted to jump in the in the into the radical? No, the radical wasn't like really
2: anything that I like. It's not like I knew that I wanted a radical, and I just wanted to work my way up. It's something that just kind of happened. It's like. It's almost like, you know, from the Miata to the Cayman, you go a little faster, and then you want to go faster, and I mean, everybody just wants to keep going faster, right? So, <laughs> the, the Radical kind of just where I uh, ended up, because um, Team Stigali actually started like the, the Radical kind of group at um, the Autobahn, so I just thought it was really cool to have another spec series to kind of move into, because... I, I like spec series a lot because it just seems like it's, you know, it's pretty fair game. Everybody is in the exact same car, um, you know, so it's really all about the experience level at that point and the driver. So that's why I kind of wanted to stick to like a spec series, um, kind of why I moved from the Cayman to the Radical.
1: Um, and how was that transition? How does the Cayman compare – to the, the Radicals, the, you know, braking, acceleration, cornering?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, again, it's, it's totally different. It's, um, the Radical is such a downforce car. It's crazy. The first time I remember, I sat passenger seat with somebody who has the Radical, and it was the most terrifying thing I've ever done. I mean, it was scarier (laughs) than a roller coaster. It was, in my head, I was like, there's absolutely no way. I don't get it. I don't understand how this car is ticking going this fast through a turn. I mean, it is just, it's absolutely mind blowing the amount of downforce that those cars have. Um, So, again, you have to completely adjust your driving style with the, with the radical versus the Cayman. And again, like if you jump into, you know, you say the radical you jump into the radical and you drive that for a couple of sessions and then you go out in the Cayman the Cayman now feels like it's a giant like bus I mean it's just it's crazy how (laughs) different it feels you know whereas if you never got into the radical the Cayman feels like this awesome like perfectly balanced like car and then you get in the radical and realize that it's just it's totally different.
1: Wow. Did you, was it slow? I mean, first time you get in, yeah, I'm intimidated by the Radical. Um, the first time you get in, in in it, did you just, how did you know, I guess you just get, go slower. and I mean, I, I say you get in it and you go faster and faster and faster, not slower and faster, but uh, um, like just to, I mean, can you get used to them in a weekend and drive it pretty successfully or is this something that takes a long time?
2: Oh my gosh, the Radical took me a long time um, just because you almost just have to slowly like just keep gaining up nerve to go a little bit faster (laughs) in the turn, like a little faster a little faster a little faster and you just kind of push it until you know what really got me to know under and understand how fast I could actually go through any specific turn is just keep pushing it and then getting to that point where I mean unfortunately but you spin out and you're like okay that's like that's how far I can push it you know it's just It it took a long time. I I mean, I was probably one of those people that everybody was screaming at when I started out in the radical because I was going so slow.
1: So, uh, and your dad, he races and everything. Yeah. You know, from a a, a dad, I see my daughter just in a car. Of course, I see my son in a car, too. He he does that, and he does the, I ride with him in in the rally cross, and I can hardly stand riding with a rally cars he is, he's been doing that since he's eleven and so his car controls really good, and I just keep you know this this little well, he's not little anymore, but this little person is driving his car and controlling it and it's somewhat of an anxiety event for me did your dad did he ever tell you, did he have any anxiety out there watching you race when you first did it or jumped in any of the different cars or um
2: you know, I don't I don't really know. I mean I'm I'm sure that I'm sure he did. Maybe he just didn't tell me but <laughs> I, I would think that any parent watching a kid go out in a, a car is a little terrifying and I think that's actually part of the reason that my my mom actually doesn't come and watch races because she is a little scared to go watch.
1: Yeah. I'm sure yeah. it's a little
2: terrifying for a parent. But um yeah, it's actually funny. Like my dad and I won't um, we actually won't race in the same races. So if he's racing, I won't race. Oh, really? And if I'm racing, he won't race. And it's, it's kind of it's maybe a little bit weird, but it's just like, you know, if I'm out there and I don't see my dad for a second, I kind of start freaking out. I, I remember I was in one race with him. It was a GT race, and he was oh. racing in a, um, Fall Line E46M3 that we had at the time, and I was in my Cayman. And I just remember he spun at one point and uh, ended up in a wall, and I just I I couldn't finish my race. It was just – I was, you know, because you're a little bit scared. Oh, I'm sure other person and whatnot, and then you also get into that little kind of weird thing where you know, say my dad qualifies right ahead of me, and I'm right behind him, or vice versa. You know, it's kind of like. I don't want to be battling my dad. And I, I think it's the same with him, too. So we find that the races that we have raced together where maybe he'll qualify behind me or in front of me. Like, we don't even try to battle each other. We just, the other person lets the other person go in front of them. So I think it's just like a, you know, you you get a little nervous when you're racing together.
1: How do you decide who gets to race? you guys flip a coin, or how do you, just, just based on the schedule? or?
2: You know what, it's, it's really... There's really no way that we decide, like, if he feels like racing, I'll just, I don't race, and I'll race on the next one, and vice versa. We never really have trouble figuring that out. Sometimes I can't even make it to the track because, you know, of of plans or work or whatnot, so I guess that makes it easy, too. When I'm not there, he just will do the race.
1: That's interesting. Yeah, I, I totally see what you mean. If you're going around the track, because I do that with my friends, right? I get out there with my friends, and I'm going around. I go, "Where did they go? Where did they go? What happened? What happened?" Right. You know, I yeah. I totally get it. Yeah, and it's not my my dad or my kid, so yeah, I, I can understand how that's. Yeah, I just I just never thought about. Well, that's that, that's great. What's your favorite car that you've driven on the track?
2: Honestly, I would have to say the
1: Radical.
2: The Radical? Like I, I mean, I haven't. I haven't driven much on the track besides the Radical and the Porsche and a couple other Porsches and whatnot, but, I mean, nothing beats the Radical.
1: (laughs) What was the first car you ever had?
2: The first car that I ever had? You mean, like, just, like, street car? Yeah,
1: yeah, your personal car, Yep.
2: So the first car I ever had was a 2003 BMW 325xi.
1: So four wheel drive—that's all wheel drive, right? Because the X means all wheel drive. Is that right? Uh, yeah,
2: yeah. That X means all wheel drive. So, yeah. um, that was my very, very
1: first car. Is your favorite car that your street car? Is your favorite one the the new? I guess you could might say the new M three that you have. Is that would that be your favorite one?
2: I'd have to say that my E forty six is definitely my favorite car. <laughs> um, I mean. That I that I have. I mean, I only have two cars right now, but um, that that's definitely my favorite to drive. It's a lot of fun. I mean, I know it's, it's older, but just something about being manual. Because I feel like a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of brands, a lot of OEMs, are going away from manual. So, and everything right now is becoming turbocharged. So it's really cool just to have that like naturally aspirated, you know,
1: six shift car to drive. Were you driving stick shifts right away, or how did you learn how to drive manual cars in this this um, day and age?
2: Yeah, so as soon as I got my license, or maybe it was a little bit before I got my license, I learned to drive uh, manual. Oh, cool! My dad actually just took me out in a very, 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 very old um, Triumph, <laughs> and I, I just I remember after being caught on that car i was like there is no way i'm gonna be able to ever like understand or get stick shift like it's impossible to drive (laughs) but i mean after that once you get into a new car you realize it's so easy like so i guess i learned on the hardest car that i could possibly learn on now it feels like a piece of cake it's second nature now
1: oh that's funny so uh one of my friends said uh, that manual transmission in this day and age is a anti-theft device I thought that was pretty funny. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
2: <laughs> that's actually a good point. There's so many, I think most people can't drive sick now, you know, or it's just something that's going away, so people aren't really being taught. So, yeah, I mean, I guess I can count on nobody stealing my E46. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's it's something that uh, that is quite u- unique. My my wife has uh, some older cars, and one has a manual on the column, three on the tree, and, and I have yet to get her to drive. And she's been driving sticks since forever. If The the last podcast, I, yeah. told, I told a long story of, of, of how we met in our first date and because she was the only girl I knew that could shift to, that could drive. Well, <laughs> only, actually, only person I knew that could drive a manual car, and I needed to go pick up a car that was a manual. She was the only person I knew and ended up being our first date. But uh, she still is intimidated with <laughs> – with the age uh, pattern on the column, that uh, I'm going to work with her, and maybe this weekend we'll, we'll, we'll practice driving her car. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's awesome! Uh, I guess the p- part of the reason I wanted to reach out to you is um, my producer, we call him uh, Mark McFarland. He uh, gives me ideas on who to interview and set things up, and he mentioned your name because, uh, and then he sent me your article about this, and I'm very intrigued by this shift program, these rentals, do you call them leases? What what, what exactly do you call this type of program? Yeah, it's actually,
2: um, we define it as a subscription program, so it's really not program, a rental, sure. it's not a lease, it's just, it's purely subscription-based.
1: So, as I understand it, BMW was actually the first ones that I had read about, I read about it maybe last year, that they, is it? BMW the first one that tried this as uh, from a manufacturer standpoint.
2: Um, I think that BMW might be the first that tried it. They came out, or what they have now is their uh, program called Access by BMW, um, and that's, that's run by the OEM. So um, that's actually the same the same company that we get our technology from for Shift is actually who is running access by BMW as well.
1: I get it. Okay. So, so shift is a subscription service for any car. Is that something that just your dealership is doing or is, is shift a national type program? No.
2: So shift is a, uh, shift is something that uh, just the Bill Jacobs auto group is doing. Okay. To, um, Cause really it, it's actually wild with all these OEMs and everything moving the subscription. It's just, seems like it's kind of where you know car ownership is going is subscription um i think that's just solely because you're not tied to a contract or anything so it's really month by month and you're kind of hassle free you know some people might not want to leave the car because then you're you, you know you're stuck in that car for you know three years so with subscription it's really just it's a month by month thing so you're not tied into anything and I think that's kind of just where, just in general, a lot of stuff is going is
1: with subscription. It's very interesting. It's very intriguing to me. So you pay a subscription service to uh, Shift, which is your Bill Jacobs program, and mm-hmm. a person, you pay a monthly fee and a person gets a, a variety of different cars and they can switch cars a, as often as they want. Uh, what, what's the, I guess I'm kind of kind of you you're the expert so i guess i should i should uh, relinquish this uh, description to you so uh, uh kind of describe exactly what it is i guess
2: yeah so with a uh, shift subscription um you actually get the flip between we call it when um, we switch between cars we call it technically it's called a flip so okay. you get the flip between cars three times a month um and that's you know, from a a large fleet of cars that we're actually going to have. So we're going to have sedans, SUVs, trucks, and then we have a kind of a grouping called Fun Drives. So that's going to be kind of where, you know, people from the track might be more interested in something like that because in our Fun Drives we have, you know, Porsche Boxers, Caymans, M2s, convertibles, and more like performance-based cars. So for the monthly subscription fee... You can flip between our fleet of cars, um, and then included in that is insurance, maintenance, um, roadside assistance. The cars get delivered to you all clean, so technically washes are included as well, um, and your own personal concierge. So you actually never have to leave where you're at to come to a dealership. Everything can be done on your phone. So a member would request a flip through their phone, And we actually, I have a team of four concierges here. So they actually will come to you wherever you are, transfer all of your stuff from, you know, your current flip that you have into your new flipped vehicle, a program like your radio station, your seat position, everything. They have all of that. Really, a member has a profile. So we can remember everything about you. So that way, when you get your new car delivered to you, it's kind of all programmed and feels like it's your own car. So... Um, yeah, yeah, the radius is 50 miles, so we service anywhere 50 miles out from um, our Naperville location.
1: Wow. And so do you guys have a Porsche dealership too, or you're just going to get these cars for the flip program?
2: Yep. So we actually, we don't have a Porsche dealership, but um, we are sourcing some off-brands because we realized that for this program the shift program to kind of be attractive to people you have to give them enough options so while we have a Land Rover BMW Mini in Volkswagen store and soon to be Jaguar we understand that you know people kind of want more options than that so we will have options um, we'll have Caymans in here we'll have Audis we'll have Mercedes um, we realize the need for some people to have third rows and um for three roads in their car for you know maybe if they have a really big family so we'll have things like GMC Yukons and you know Cadillac Escalades and everything too so wow. we have kind of more than what we would sell at any of our rooftops too wow
1: i'm just i'm just intrigued about this talk about a different <laughs> i have been i have been talking about i am not in the car business uh but i've been talking about um you know, a different way to get in there. Now, this is, I didn't come up with that. People steal my ideas often, but this is not one of them. (laughs) So I did not have this idea. Uh, I did have the idea for Netflix in 1996, but anyway. um, Right,
2: it's where subscription is moving into everything. So, you know, it's just, it's, it's hassle-free. You know, there's no contracts. I know a lot of people, you know, I hate to say it, but a lot of people kind of, don't like coming to dealerships. Dealerships don't really have a bad rep with people, so this is kind of cool because you can actually sign up on your phone on the app. You take a picture of your license. You provide some information. Um, we run a background check just to check your driving history, etc. So, really, no need to ever even come into a dealership. You just do it all
1: through your phone. <laughs> this is. Uh, I'm I'm still amazed at this. Is there different levels? Or is it, is it one level for any of the cars or are there different price level price points or
2: So right now um, we have what we have called a gold tier. so it's 1495 a month plus tax. So that's going to be vehicles anywhere in the 60 to 70,000 MSRP range. Um, eventually, once we kind of get kicked off and we get members, We're going to grow our fleet, and we're going to have uh, what we call a platinum tier, which is going to be probably around 80,000 MSRP cars. And then we'll also have a tier underneath gold kind of for like an entry level into subscription um, called silver. So um, uh, right now we only have gold, though. So um, eventually we'll have all those other things, though, so we can appeal to a little bit larger crowd. But
1: um, so if I've right been now, in, right now,
2: what we had.
1: if if you have bad, if I've been in thirty wrecks, it still doesn't cost me anything. You might not take me, I guess, if I've been in thirty wrecks. I guess, right? Um, but the insurance doesn't isn't reflective on your age or anything. Or yeah, what is the age? Can my sixteen year? I don't have a sixteen year old, but can my sixteen year old sign up for this? Or is there an age limit? Um, I imagine. I believe it's twenty
2: one years of age. I believe that's what we have under the the, the age limit for it. So no, a
1: sixteen-year-old cannot sign up for it. <laughs> <laughs> and so all, all your insurance, all your maintenance. I would imagine a seventy-thousand-dollar car. What's a lease on a seventy-thousand-dollar car? It's probably eight hundred bucks a month or something. Probably right, seven hundred.
2: Yeah, probably around there. Maybe a little bit more.
1: And insurance has got to be. Uh, a, couple maybe 300 bucks a month is it no no, is it that no it can't be that much probably i'm trying to think what my insurance is so yeah a couple hundred bucks probably close to a couple hundred bucks and then maintenance what do you do with so what about the the gas do you have to fill it up when you when you do one of the flips how does how does the gas hang handled yeah
2: so when we when we come to you and we bring you your new vehicle it will act it will obviously be filled the tank will be completely full member is responsible for the gas however um but say you drive a car and you request a new flip and you've used half a tank of gas in your car you actually won't be charged like additional um for Returning like a half-empty vehicle, all you'll be charged for is the cost of what we had to put into your vehicle. So, really, you're only charged for the gas. We don't have like an upcharge. Oh, sure, like a rental car, yeah. And so, in the winter, really, you could. I think about it, and I'm like, in the winter here, I never want to go to the gas station and fill up my car. So, technically, you could drive your vehicle until the tank is empty and return your vehicle and we'll fill it up for you. All you'll be charged for is the amount of, of gas that we put into your vehicle.
1: <laughs> I don't, that's, that's intriguing. I don't know if I, <laughs> yeah, I need, I need a new tank of gas. I'm just going to get another, another car. That is kind of interesting. <laughs> right.
2: Exactly. You have the ability to do that with us. So that, yeah, that, that, was, that was, is that interesting.
1: Cool. Um, and will the cars be, um, uh, you, you know, I'm a, I'm an airline pilot, so that's why mm-hmm. I am uh, out here in Los Angeles um, on a la- on a layover. And there's a f- fractional ownership of airplanes, which is kind of like a subscription service, I guess. So that's kind of been around for quite some time, for a long, long time, 20-some years, I think, probably, or longer for fractionals. So this is almost kind of like a fractional service. Um, it's kind of the way I think about it. You, you know, you need a vehicle, and it shows up, or if you have a fractional, you need an airplane, and it shows up, and... Um, mm-hmm. Is do you would you reserve? Let's say I want the Cayman this weekend, and there and everybody's got a Cayman. Is mm-hmm. is, is there a sign up do you put in the app that I, next time the Caymans available, let me know, or how does that work?
2: Yeah. So with the app, you can um, when you request a new flip, you can actually say like what you need. So you can say I need a sedan um, or I need a truck because I've got a bunch of stuff I need to put in the back of it because I'm moving or you can request a specific model. So, say you really wanted to drive the Cayman, you could request the Cayman. Now, the Cayman might be out with another member, and you might not get the Cayman, but you will get what we guarantee is the same vehicle or equivalent. So, say you request the Cayman because you really want to drive a performance car, and the M two is available, but the Cayman's not. We'll give you the M two. But by all means, if you request a specific car and it's available, you will get it. So if you request a Cayman and it's now out with anybody, you you will bring the Cayman to you. Hmm.
1: Very interesting. And would these cars be sold as obviously the ones you don't have dealership, but with, at the end of their service life, what do you what do you mm-hmm. what do you forecast their service lives to be? A couple years or? Is it is it all going to um, be brand yeah. new car, cars? We'll
2: probably keep them in for a couple of years, and then when we pull them out, um, they they'll just be they'll be sold back to the dealership, um, and then um, sold as used. Pretty yeah, and I, I again like when we go back to talking about like the lease, like you were saying, like a lease on a seventy thousand dollars car, you also have to think about like the mileage too. So with this, what's kind of cool is we're allotting eighteen thousand miles a year. That's a lot. I mean, most people usually do 12,000 miles a year on their lease.
1: Yeah, that's um, So 18,000
2: miles is significant, and we actually do unlimited rollover miles month by month. So, say the first month, maybe you only drive, you know, 500 miles for some reason. You have 1,000 miles, and that rolls over to the next month. So, I mean, you actually have the ability then to actually use the car for, like, say, if you're taking it on a road trip or something, too, so...
1: Yeah, that's, that's a good, kind of nice. that's a good point. I did not have that on my list for mileage. What do you do? Um can you is there so that's eighteen can you buy extra miles? I drive, unfortunately, twenty five thousand miles a year. Um can you buy extra wow. miles? Or?
2: Um so additional miles are actually forty cents a mile. So I don't know that it would probably make sense for driving 25,000 miles a year, but if you do go over that 18,000 miles, um, in a year, you do get charged 40 cents a mile per mile over.
1: So if I go over that in, in six, so if I pay for six months and I use up my 18,000 miles, I still have to, can I just stop at that point?
2: I mean, you could cancel your, you could absolutely cancel the membership.
1: (laughs) So it's, yeah, so it's the max 18. Yeah. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: The the website for Shift is www.shiftbybilljacobs.com, com um and then uh, yeah so sign-ups and everything are done on the app though so none of that can be done on the website so You're so go
1: to um, go to Shift no what did you call it it's it's Shift so it's
2: www.shiftbybilljacobs.com.
1: Shiftbybilljacobs.com, com Shift by com um, and then you'll find a yeah. link to the app there. Go get the app, yep. bring it up on your mobile device, and sign up, and uh, and um, get to meet one of the four concierge, Right? <laughs> yep.
2: Yeah. So after after you know you sign up, your application will go through a background check, and then within you know a couple of days, uh, one of our um, serv- customer service representatives will reach out and uh, kind of help you schedule your first split. Our first vehicles will actually be on the ground October 10th. So that's when our first deliveries will happen. So right now is really just um, like our enrollment period.
1: Okay. So right now
2: um, for the first 30 members that we have sign up, we have a promotion that waives the $500 activation fee. Um, And then the first deliveries will happen, like I said, on the 10th. But um, the website, shiftbybilljacob.com, has... All of the FAQs you could ever want to know about subscription, um, and then it's got links to our social media as well. We have a uh, Facebook and Instagram to follow too.
1: Cool. Yeah. All right. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for uh, your time and being on the podcast, and uh, um, I've really enjoyed uh, learning about you and uh, your racing background and driving and this new program. I think it's all pretty cool.
2: Yeah. Thanks for having me. Enjoy your
1: time in uh, sunny California. Thanks, I will. Hey, Kyle, thanks for getting back on the podcast. It's always great to catch up with you.
0: It is definitely good to be back.
1: Um, Thursday, the 27th of September, we're recording this. We got all kinds of stuff going on the last month of the track being open, excluding... (gasps) Uh, rally cross. So we can't forget about that rally cross all winter, but, uh, we do have a bunch of stuff going on in October.
0: That's right. October is an amazing month with the cooler temperatures. Now, if you guys haven't been out to the track, now is the time to come out. We've got a lot of fun stuff coming up, but, uh, yeah, definitely with the cooler temperatures, the track is going to be perfect. It's going to be great weather for the, uh, remainder of the season. So, Uh, we're going to jump right into it on October 6th. Uh, we are going to have a spec Miata race and our beloved rally cross race on October 6th. So you're going to want to sign up for that.
1: Um, should be, should be a lot of fun. Hey, sign me up up for the rally cross. You got it. All right. (laughs) I'll put you down. Uh,
0: October 7th. Uh, members, uh, that's your motorcycle sessions on October 7th, and also we have a radical doubleheader that day. So that should be a lot of fun to watch. uh, October 14th, so we'll jump into the following weekend, uh, is our cart league race. So we're going to have, this is the second to last cart league race on the 14th and at the same time if you've got a beautiful car uh, which John I know you do uh, you're going to want to bring it out for the Cars and Track uh, car show so that is open to the public they can come out show off their ride and then you actually get to do some touring laps on the track as well
1: Uh, very cool so
0: that's yeah that's October 14th Uh, October 16th that's a Tuesday that is our ladies day so get your uh, wives, girlfriends, daughters out and sign up for Ladies' Day. That's, that's always fun. John, I know your wife does that. Oh, uh, she it, never right?
1: never wants to miss one. It is, uh, it is a great day for her. Yep.
0: And she loves doing the autocross. And,
1: oh, yes. Uh,
0: yeah, there, there's some competition going on for fastest <laughs> uh, lap time during Ladies' Day. Yes, she's hyper-competitive. Yes. <laughs> That is going to bring us right into our big grand finale of the season, uh, October Fast. So October 19th through the 21st, that is a celebration of all things speed here at Autobahn. Um, Friday, we're going to have a chase race going on, uh, and we're still working out the schedule for when. Everyone's going to be racing, but pretty much throughout that entire weekend, all forms of motorsports, but we will have a Spec Miata race, a Radical race, a GT race, a Wings and Things race, and then on Sunday, we're also going to be adding a makeup day for the Kart League race, and that is uh, the final Kart League race, and the championship points are going to be distributed, and it is right now neck and neck. Uh, between some of our cart league competitors. So October fast 19th through the 21st on the 25th, uh, which is a Wednesday, uh, excuse me, Thursday, we're going to have a performance drive and that's going to bring us into November, Uh, November 3rd. You're going to want to mark on your calendars because that is our three and a half hour endurance race on the south track so start getting the car prepped start getting your team together uh that will be our last day for uh the autobahn and that night we will be having our awards dinner as well so that's where the big banquet that's where we're going to be handing out all the trophies for this year's champions and all all of our racing series so it's going to be a busy month. October is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and I encourage everyone to come out and uh, you know get your thrills while you still can before Old Man Winter sets in and starts snowing on
1: us. Okie dokie. That sounds like an action-packed October. That is for sure. Well, thanks, Kyle. As always, you're keeping us up to date. And how can everybody reach you if they need to get a hold of you?
0: Best way to get a hold of me is through email it's kyle nato that's n-a-b-e-a-u at autobahncc.com. or you can just swing by my office i'm right here in the south tower so you can swing by and say hi i'd love to chit chat with you
1: all right perfect thanks king kyle
0: thank you You've been listening to Autobahn Country Club Podcast, where your host, club member John Graybill, opens the doors to America's premier auto sports club. Join us next time for Autobahn Country Club Podcast.